Welcome to Genius Leadership Overcoming Everything podcast. I'm your host, Anna Liebel, a mind shifter, helping male leaders in tech get out of the firefighter mode, become the proactive leaders they want to be, and enjoy the ride as they go. Join me every week for honest, insightful conversations with corporate, entrepreneurial, and academic leaders about their rollercoaster ride to leading from their zone of genius. If you find the show valuable, could you do me a favor? Rate and review the podcast. Share it with your network so that more of us can live a healthier and happier life. And for now, let's take the ride together. Hey, genius leaders. Welcome to the show. Today, I'll do a small break from the series that we're doing with the different startup founders and CEOs from Ukraine. And I'll do a solo episode. And it will be about one of the things that I've done while here in Portugal. In early June, I went to do a part of Camino de Santiago, Santiago de Compostela. There are many routes and um, I've chosen one and I'll talk, walk a bit about how I've chosen and uh, what were my intentions and reasons to go there. And I just want to share my reflections from each day of uh, the walk. Um, for that, I'll read out to you the Instagram posts that I've done. On the way, it was a bit of my journal, um, more public one, um, apart from the structured daily reflection that I usually do. So I'll read you out the post per day and maybe do some comments for some of them and expand a bit, comment, give you some tasks, and hopefully you'll take some of them for yourself to reflect on, to take an action upon, and so on. So let's dive into that. What led me to the idea of going on Camino? I have been thinking about for now and then, or not, not thinking. I knew that I would do it at some point in my life. Uh, it's one of those things that I, when I learned about the, the concept itself, I knew that uh, I would get to a point in life when it would be time to get on that journey. It was the same with the silence uh, meditation retreat. Vipassana that I did in Thailand, as soon as I learned about that idea, uh, it frightened me, but I knew that I would like to do it at some point. And it was the same with the Camino. I felt like that's a journey that is so worth embarking on. And I didn't think about it all the time. I didn't obsess about it. I just knew that there would be time when it might sound a bit too old, but the path would call me. And now... Uh, from the practical point of view, we are in Portugal and uh, there are several paths here in Portugal. So it was just quite natural for me to decide to do this while we are staying here because I don't need to fly for that. I just needed to take a train for two hours and I could get going directly, which I did not. I stayed in Porto for two days because one of our friends is living there with my husband and uh, I wanted to meet his girlfriend his partner and uh, spend some time with them, explore the city because I've heard it's a, it's a beautiful one. And that will be part of the journey as well to not rush anywhere, but just stay and enjoy the people that I meet and the path that I, or the places that I pass. And I almost did not, I almost skipped doing the, the Camino at some point uh, just before, partly because of the family. Uh, my daughter is going to uh, daycare here and the first weeks have been very tough for her. She's been hysterically crying. So I, she's a kid who doesn't really have a lot of tantrums and stuff like that. But from day four or five or so of the daycare, first she was excited to finally meet some kids and then it started going tough and she's been having a really tough time and given us really tough time when we were bringing her to the daycare. And we knew that as soon as we leave, it would be like two, three minutes and then she would be fine playing around. But it took a bit of nerves <laughs> from us and I didn't want to leave the family 
leave it on, on my husband with the situation and go away. So I was postponing it a bit and originally planned to do it in the end of May. And then secondly, at some point I saw an advertisement on Instagram about some surf camp done by a Ukrainian uh, surf teacher who lives and teaches and works for a surf school here in Portugal and I really wanted to do a camp with her and I knew that I don't want to be away from the family uh, for both trips both Camino and the surf camp so it was a tough decision but um, in the end I did decide to go for the Camino partly from the practical point of finances and um, also that I took uh, my hiking boots and the hiking stakes just for the sake of Camino and I knew that I wouldn't have used them otherwise so it was just kind of comical practical reasons but also I wanted that time in a solitary space for thinking, reflecting that the surf camp would not have done, uh, would not have given me. And when I was embarking on the journey, I felt, I don't know how to say that, unprepared <laughs> in a practical way. I knew, like I've read, that people would be doing preps for years and active preps for months before doing a Camino. And I felt like, mm, okay, I just read a bit about which parts or which path there are i read a bit about the practicalities and that's it and i went off and i felt a bit scared and thinking that being nervous that i would be a bit stupid and unprepared but yeah i'm talking to you so it all went fine <laughs> so it was an interesting uh, journey as well to see how informing myself would maybe have complicated the things for me and i'll touch upon that uh, point soon as well but yeah, about the preps or, or my logistics, I decided to do a coastal way. So there are three ways, kind of two main ways in Portugal. One, the central way that goes through the country, uh, through the countryside, and one coastal. And I love water. I love ocean. Uh, water is something I really need for myself to surround myself with. So the choice of the coastal path was really easy for me. And then I checked that there are enough places to stay at overnight and so on so i just bought a, a small guidebook that i liked and went off uh, as i said i stayed in porto for two days and we'll start with day minus one in my diary and reflections that i'll read out and then i was on the way for four days four nights and on the fifth day i turned around and uh, went back and we'll talk about that as well in the context of the diary of the fourth day so yeah, I'll read you the first post of mine. Camino day minus one. Is it stupid? I'm walking around Porto listening to the Diary of War podcast. Uh, we'll add a link in the comments and we can add it in the show notes here as well. Keep asking myself, is this stupid? And what is this, quote unquote, this actually? Is it stupid that I left Ukraine back in 2010? Or that I never went back and built a life elsewhere? Or that I went for this Portugal trip despite the war back home. Or that I now left my family to do a solo hike. Or that I walk in these, on these streets and instead of just being a tourist, I listen to people sharing about their war experiences. Why do I choose to live through the war even though I don't have to? Why can't I just donate, volunteer, without exposing myself to the unbearable pain of my nation? I don't have the answers. But having answers is not the point. The biggest value of my work as a mind shifter is asking people questions and giving them space to say, I don't know, and explore all the possible answers with no pressure to do it right away. I'm here to mind shift myself. So it's okay to just have questions. So this was my day minus one. And I want to emphasize the main point of this. 
how valuable it is to create space for ourselves to ask ourselves questions and to feel like it's okay to not know the answers right away. I was on that journey to find some answers, but first and foremost, to actually understand the questions because there has been so much going on in the past four and a half months that it's difficult to reflect. Uh, Even though I do it on a daily basis, right? I do have my structured reflection, but it's still difficult to dig deeper, uh, deeper because that requires a lot of energy. Not always the energy is there present while we are living through the war. So I want you to take that as a first point from, from today's podcast. Reflect on, do you have enough time for yourself to, to think, to ask yourself questions or to have someone who is asking you questions that are maybe a bit too uncomfortable to ask yourself? alone and do you have the space and energy to allow yourself time to ponder and to wonder about those questions and see i'm not saying to find the answers because that can be a lifelong journey but do you have the time and the space to actually explore to get a tiny little bit closer a tiny little bit deeper into that question and to find the answer somewhere on the way but not to have it as a goal think about it Camino de Zero, green therapy. A mistress in Iceland. There are some, but this lush, lively green world is just not there. After two months of madness, aka full-scale invasion back home, we left Iceland and came to mainland Europe. And I remembered how powerful these million shades of green are. It's not just the color, it's the sense, the movement of the leaves and branches, the sound of wind in, in the trees, a different taste in the air depending uh, a t- taste of the air depending on which trees surround you. A whole world of textures, forms, shapes. It's healing. And I need that healing now. So thank you, Porter, for being so green. This is something that I don't reflect a lot when I'm in Iceland. But yeah, there, there are no, there are trees, of course, but there are no real old forests. And there are some with the evergreen trees, so needle trees, but it's different from this greenery that renews and and, uh, is birthed every year uh, anew. And there is this joke that if you are lost in the forest in Iceland, then just stand up. (laughs) And uh, yeah, the historical background to that is that um, a third of uh, the island was uh, covered, used to be covered in forests, but when the Vikings came, they used... Uh, the trees for building the homes, for fixing their ships. They didn't realize how long it takes for the nature to grow those trees. And it takes ages to um, to reforest the country. Now, there are quite some initiatives of that, but it's a very slow process because of the climate, because of the soil being mainly volcanic, uh, ashes and lava, and because of the uh, occasional eruptions of volcanoes that cover that potentially destroy the nature again with the lava flowing into the valleys and so on. So with that, it's just so obvious for me. Whenever I come to mainland Europe in the warm time, I directly notice the difference. I directly feel how the greenery around me affects me. And I want you to take that and reflect on that as well. Do you notice that? How often are you in the nature? How often are your feet touching the grass? Do you give yourself time? to reconnect with yourself through, through nature, through reconnecting with the nature. And a life hack here, whenever you come to a, a new place, especially if it's a big time difference to your home, 
walk barefoot on that ground because that helps your body on a physical level to realign itself to the local place and local time. And that can really help you with a jet lag. So yeah, without uh, stopping this point too, for too long, just reflect on that. How often are you in nature? And maybe block some time in your calendar this week for the weekend or during the work time to get out and walk among the trees. Um, you don't need to hug the trees. I don't know. You don't need to jump around them and make any ritual dances around or whatever. Just walk and let the nature heal you because we all have something to heal there. Camino day one. Going with in parents is not my flow. He was the first one to say Bom Camino this morning. Jonathan overtook me while still in Porto when I stopped to drink some water. Once I was on the go again, I overtook several pilgrims and caught up with him. He asked me something while I was taking over. I slowed down and replied. Thought we would have a couple minutes chat, then I'll continue on my own. But we ended up spending the whole day together. A restaurant owner from Sevilla. Jonathan doesn't speak much English and I haven't practiced my Spanish for over four years. So we didn't chat the whole day. Mainly we just walked next to each other. My intention for this Camino is to go with the flow. I don't want to push myself with how much I walk. But on the first day, I walked over 44 kilometers. Have I walked myself, I wouldn't have done that. But it was nice to go with someone else's flow for a day. Follow his speed. Push myself with getting a bit further. Talk about happiness at work. And about his 20 plus Caminos. I learned some things about life from my new friend, Jonathan. And about myself and my limits. This day will be a stronger reminder for myself about my flow. And its beauty for the rest of the journey. It's okay to follow someone else's flow. Just be honest with yourself that it's not your flow and be clear for how long you want to follow it and why. So for the context here, I decided to do the Camino with the goal of just having some time for myself. I didn't aim to get to Santiago. I didn't have any return ticket and I didn't have any date to get back. So I decided I'll just not go. And I, I knew where I start and I knew which path I'm taking and when I start. That that was it. The rest would depend on how I feel, how my physical body is and how my mental state is, and also practically how the family is, uh, is doing. And I didn't want to uh, my husband to stay with my daughter if it would be too bad with her daycare tantrums alone with that so I wanted to have the freedom and flexibility to come back if I felt like that was needed more than my time in solitude and here as I said I wanted to be alone but that day I spent with someone and uh, for good and for bad we we had the language barrier I felt like I would have loved to learn much more from Jonathan but because of not having this like not sharing a language that both felt comfortable with our conversations didn't go as deep as I wanted to, but it was interesting to observe myself and my mind games with following someone else's flow. And I keep thinking about that day and decision of following with him, even now, one month after uh, that day, after the journey, because actually now it's exactly one month since the day one of the Camino. And that is because so often in life we follow someone else's flow. We follow someone else's path in life. We follow someone else's expectations on us from our family, society, partner, whoever it is. And we don't listen to ourselves. And it feels uncomfortable to be honest with ourselves and, and say, hey, I'm actually 
not following my own path here. I'm not being honest with myself. I'm not fulfilling my needs. I'm not even listening to my needs. I don't have a clue what my needs are. And this is so important. It's okay to do it. As, as I write in, in this reflection of the first day, it's okay to follow someone else's path as long as we're honest with ourselves why we do it uh, and for how long we do it and for whom. So this is the reflection I want you to take from this day's journal of mine. Think about, are you following your own path? And if it's not, are you honest with yourself when you've gotten on that path and for how long? And are you still fulfilling that promise? And think about why you are on the path that you are on. And hopefully you find some very interesting observations and reflections in those answers or in just pondering over these questions. Camino day two, in our part one, words fucking matter. I allow myself to listen to a podcast run during my walk. It's one show and the rule is listen to one podcast, uh, one episode, walk for at least two hours without distraction. Today I was listening to an interview with a very famous guy. Always super interesting, thought-provoking. Till suddenly, this guy said two words that made me slam my hand on the fence I was passing by, out of surprise and anger. These words were Russian war, about the war we have now. I stopped in the middle of the wooden bridge and started writing this guy a message on Instagram. So well that he has 1.8 million followers on, on just on that platform, while I have 383 humans. Because words matter. They fucking do. By saying Russian war, one shows that Ukraine is a part of that land and the war is a civil war. Wrong. It's like if the US would invade Mexico and the world would refer to that as the war in the US. It's a minor thing, but these minor things have a huge, in this case, destructive power. Each time we don't call things their names, it justifies the genocide that is happening in Ukraine right now. So I hope this guy will read the message accept the unsolicited feedback, and will pay more attention to which seeds he's planting into the heads of his followers. Here are some phrases and examples I usually need to pay my clients' attention to when it comes to our words choices. I don't have time to X, Y, Z. And what I do with them is I suggest them to phrase it as, I don't prioritize X, Y, Z. Right now, X, Y, Z is not as a priority, or I choose to not do X, Y, Z. Another example, I have to ABC. What I suggest to change it to is I choose to ABC. I want to ABC. Another example, I can't. Reframe it to I don't want to or I haven't practiced enough. Do you feel the difference? This is something that I really am really picky about with the others and I want others to be picky about with myself because we quite often are blind to that ourselves. And of course, you can practice it and you can get better at catching yourself on the words that you're using in the way, uh, the way the ones that are disserving you but it's good to have someone on on the side to help you with that and with these choices and small shifts i've seen such huge differences in people's lives how people have decided to take ownership of the things and suddenly they find time for things that have been postponing for years, just because they reframed, I don't have time to, to, I choose to not do that. I have clients who have gotten the certificates that have been dreaming about and going through, went through education that have been dreaming about for over 10 years, just because I trained them to say, I choose not to. Because when they say, I choose not, they're like, what the hell is important to me in life? 
why do I choose to not follow my dream? And suddenly it's not a problem at the time. Yes, it requires some effort to redesign your life to actually get some time for doing those things. But heck, is it worth it? I've had people who improve their relationship with their kids because they realize that they don't have to do certain things as a parent and they choose and they want to do those things. So paying attention to your words, especially to the model verbs, must, have, should, ought, and so on. They carry a lot of meaning that you don't realize the power of. So this is the reflection from this day's journal. Pay attention to your words because they fucking matter. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Genius Leadership. If you enjoyed the conversation, hit the subscribe button to not miss an episode. And to help more people become even better leaders, rate and review our podcast and share it with your communities. For more conversations about living and leading from your zone of genius, connect with me on LinkedIn. Genius Leadership is an honest conversation about leading yourself and others. And it's my honor to be your guide in overcoming everything 